My racing career isn't just about me. It's about the team, the fans, the sponsors, the families, the tracks, the whole sport. Join us over the next five months on the Junior Nation Appreciation Tour, where we show appreciation to where it's owed. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. I've seen my words carved in the arms of a stranger. Does it let me know? It washed a Thanks to Hopeless Records for providing today's theme song, Everyone Left by the Dangerous Summer. Um, you like that one too, imagine. Yeah. Is it <laughs> is it everyone left, like everyone's still here, or everyone left, like they're gone? That's that's a good question for AJ. Um, he listens to this show, so maybe he'll tell yeah, us. Yeah, tell us, AJ. It, uh, it's been a pretty interesting week. Very interesting. Yeah, it has. Had a lot going on. We did have a lot going on. Let's talk about uh, Richmond. We had a uh, Michigan, or I mean, uh, yeah, Michigan. Let's talk about Michigan. Well, you don't want to talk about Richmond. We had we, are, we did that last week. Okay, unless you want to keep talking about it. Well, I, it was a highlight of your life. I know. Yeah, it was. Um, we talked about that last week. Yeah, remember we oh, recorded yeah, we right recorded when we right got after that. that. That's right. I didn't think I forgot. Well, I was so excited about it. Um, going to to the Redskins camp. Um, yeah, I'm still sort of. You did not help nine. their. You did not help their performance. They had a terrible preseason game. Yeah, that was awful. Can't win them all, but preseason doesn't matter. So who cares? As you long know, as you don't get hurt. It's you don't say. You, everybody says that the preseason doesn't matter till you lose uh, twenty-eight to three and only you know and don't only get about one hundred and fifteen yards of offense. I mean, my Panthers won handily. Yeah. So I'm going to be modest, easy. but yeah. So preseason doesn't matter. Right. It's easy for you to say. Yeah. Um, you're nervous. I'm a little nervous. Okay, a little alarmed that we couldn't be a little more productive. I know the Ravens' defense is pretty tough, and they just hit blitzing, just sending guys every play. Not a ch- you know blowing up the offensive line, and just no no chance at really us getting any kind of in you know, any rhythm. But you'll be okay. That's what it. You know that's just what they're going to face. Three more to work out. That's what they're going to face in the regular season. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move on. Michigan. Uh, strong in practice. Not strong in the race. That's pretty much the theme of the yeah, uh, yeah theme of the weekend. I was really excited. You know, Friday we we didn't qualify well, about nineteenth, but we the car drove really, really good. Um, the Fords and the Toyotas had us beaten by about a half a second in qualifying, but my car drove great. Uh, we got into practice on Saturday. We were sixth in both practices. Our lap times were good. Car dr- drives good. Really kind of thinking maybe this is a weekend where we have something uh, something to cheer for, something excited, you know, something to be excited about. Uh, the race starts. The car actually was pretty decent for the first run, and we were kind of motoring in there. I thought we were better than uh, the guys we were around. I, I know we raced around Kurt Busch and a couple other guys. I thought we were a little bit quicker than them. I know everybody's on their qualifiers. So when you uh, start on your qualifying tires, the car is going to drive a little bit different. Maybe better, maybe worse, but whatever. You you know, once you get those off and put on stickers, that's how your car is going to be the rest of the race. But uh, so I was a little worried about what the car was going to do once we got the stickers on, but shouldn't have been too big too big of a deal. But during that first run, car's good. It started to get really really loose toward the end of that run. So we usually move the track bar. Maybe an inch. Uh, that's a pretty good adjustment at pretty much any racetrack. And we ended up with the uh, track bar down three inches at the end of that run, which is a significant adjustment. Major. So, uh, we, I was a little surprised at, I guess, how the car, how the balance of the car swung so wildly from the start of a run to the end of a run, and that's the way it was all day. We'd start, uh, we'd come in, put tires on. We'd move as I'm on as I'm on pit road, getting my tires put on my car during the next uh, 
pit stop, I run the track bar back all the way up to zero. And uh, sometimes I would start it even an inch high or two inches high. So it re when it's level or wherever we start the race at, it's zero on my dash. That's my reading. And so for restarts, I'd put it up an inch or two inches up. And then as the run would go on, I'd keep dropping it and keep dropping it as the car got looser and looser. And by time we were, you know, at, you know, by time it was uh, ready for the next pit stop, we'd be down about two or three inches again. So we were swinging like four to five inches with the track bar throughout a run. That's a, that's a major balance shift. The car was good on some runs, not so good on others. We, you know, kind of, we weren't doing ourselves a ton of favors on track position with our with a pit strategy, but we were trying to work on the car, trying to get every opportunity we could to get on pit road to get the car uh, tuned up. And uh, we did restart on the inside line. So we beat the 31 all day long, right? Yep. He finishes fourth. Fourth, yeah. He got to restart on the outside on the last couple restarts. We were sort of on the same strategy as he was. Um, but we had to start on the inside. And basically... On one of those particular restarts, we're behind the three car. We go down into turn one. I get under him, so we're three wide on the bottom. We come off of turn two, and me and him are side by side, and the whole outside line is just flying by him. We lost like five spots right there um, because, really, you want to be in that outside line. There's all the momentum off the yeah. corner, yeah. And I'm sitting there. Me and the three are sitting there side-drafting each other, just killing each other, and I, you know, I'm as guilty as it as he was, but... So we lost a lot of spots there. And then the final restart, we're on the inside again. Um, but that particular time, TJ and I talked on the uh, radio before the restart. And he's like, man, why don't you think about faking low on McMurray and he'll go low and then you can jump in the middle. And at least you're in the middle and not the very bottom. So we did that. Uh, we come off of turn two. It was like four wide for two or three rows. A lot of craziness going on. I can't believe that there wasn't a wreck. I know the 20 car, I think, had a flat or something, and he yeah, was in the outside wall a little he bit. He had restarted third, maybe. Yeah. So that was something that I thought was really impressive, that all those guys got down the back straightaway without anybody running into each other or wrecking. I mean, y'all ran almost three and four wide for those last two laps. Yeah. Because I know y'all came out four, and I was like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so... um we did okay sort of on that last restart to maintain and not lose any more spots starting on the inside. The inside is just terrible there. Um, and you sort of have to force your way into that outside groove in the middle of turn one and two and uh, run run somebody, you know, run somebody up off the racetrack uh, up high into the outside groove and try to take that, take that lane. You just got to get in that lane, whatever you got to do. So we tried our best, but um, if we just started on the outside – Maybe we'd have had a you know a top ten or a top five finish like the uh, like the thirty one because I thought we were kind of comparable to him all day if not a little bit better. Yeah, and I mean in the spring race there we did get that outside because you restarted like twenty fourth and finished ninth. Yeah. So you gained fifteen spots on like two or three late restarts. So that's just that's just a roll of the dice. Yeah. Right? Um, but the car, you know, again, uh, we had a really good car I thought on Saturday. When the race come around, not quite as good. The car didn't have the same characteristics and balance that we had uh, experienced and enjoyed on Saturday. Same guys are really uh, up front. A lot of Toyotas up front. The Fords uh, picked up a little speed there. Something interesting about the Fords. Did yes. you notice that um, they all got tire rubs? And you know, the twenty-two and the the twenty-two had a flat. I heard that the twenty-one like the twenty-one had a f a, f a flat. Yeah, I heard he was going down the straightaway and something like buckled, but I didn't. Right. I didn't see so that. So the four side drafted him. Um, oh, on that restart, yeah, yeah, and never touched him, and then got a tire rub. That's, That's crazy. Some tricky business. That is some shady business. Hey. So, um, you know, the guy. Uh, the, the truth behind that is, is these guys. Okay, so all of us out there want our want our cars want our doors to kind of buckle in. We got to go through the LIS machine, and everything's got to fit. But once you're out on the racetrack, you sort of want things to cave in and and create downforce. And you'll you'll be out there racing around people. I can't see my doors, so I don't know what they look like. But you'll be out there racing around people, like, wow, that's a good looking door. Man, those guys have really 
done some good work. Whatever, you know, it's there's some impressive stuff going on out there. And so they make these sides so thin and flexible and buck, you know, with the ability to hope they buckle in the right way. Uh, the, and so when the four went by him, side drafting him, it disturbed, uh, it, it messed something up. I'm curious, how do you make a door buckle? Is it? It's got to be very thin, and it just. Like, do you have like a some sort of hole like that catches air? No, or? no, no. I mean, it's just got to be really, uh, really thin, paper okay. thin. Um, I'm no engineer, so I don't. I just. You it, know, that's not my expertise either. But I'm, it's you know, it's very interesting because you can visibly see it. Yeah. And obviously, that happened to those guys. But there's some smart people in the garage. There are some super smart people. I, you know, I'm sometimes you, so you get envious. You see those guys out there running around. You're like, man, that guy's door looks great. Or that they've done a really good job trying to figure out how to get their car down to maximize the downforce out on the racetrack. Or a guy's faster than you down a straightaway. You know, wow, you, you, you know, you kind of marvel at his power. Yeah. So I'm, but I'm, you know, there's been a lot of conversation this week about the Fords and the Toyotas them talking back and forth to each other. Specifically yeah. Brad. Yeah. So Brad, he says uh, that the uh, Toyotas were holding back. Yeah, because the last couple of years, Michigan has been a track where NASCAR would take like the top top Chevy, top Ford, top Toyota. Yep. Well, they say, they had this rumor that they were going to take a lot of cars after this racetrack, after this race, right? They had a rumor. NASCAR put the rumor out, right? Oh, yeah. You with me? Yeah. How does that rumor, does like an official say, hey? I don't really know, but I, so they put this rumor out. They were going to take a lot of cars, and they didn't take any cars. So Brad thought, yeah, well, they brought, they didn't bring their best stuff here. They're not really pushing the envelope. Um, What do you think about that? Do you think that was the case? No. I mean, I, I, I have, I wouldn't know what, I wouldn't even be able to. I, I couldn't tell because they were still very strong. I think he should have just gave credit to his I mean, own team. I mean, 18 to 78, they were great. I, I think they should have just taken credit for the Penske cars qualified 1-2. Yeah. Just, you guys brought good cars. I know. It's not because somebody else didn't bring. But I think Truex qualified 13th. Yeah, so I would, I would maybe your guys just brought something better than they've yep. been bringing. So, yeah, and then uh, there was some conversation on Twitter uh, some emojis, and then uh, Kyle Busch gets uh, gets vocal. Yeah, after the truck race, he had after to go to the, the media race, center. He goes to the media center. Yeah, and he he said he was a moron. Yep. There was an expletive before it. Oh, what do you think the expletive the was? F bomb. Yeah. So that was interesting. They should talk this out. <laughs> really? I don't know. I kind of enjoyed how, how I know, it but fell. but Brad and Kyle, they don't. They clearly don't like each other, but they'll like do it through the media. Yeah, and I I bet they haven't spoke in a long time, like face to face. Yeah, they probably run into. They probably have had some. Plus, ple- they had ran into each other. They probably had some pleasantries on the driver's intro stage. We can't, you know, we we kind of you walk up on that stage and and you sort of walk, you you, you know, you we run into each other. You have to say hey. You don't have to say hey. I think it's, if I was if I was mad at you. And you walked by me, I'd probably look the other way. Really? Yeah. For how long would you do this? I don't know. Like, week after week after week of running into me on the interest stage, you're going to just... Yeah, that way you really convey the point that I don't like that guy. That's messed up. Hey, that's what NASCAR needs. They need rivalries. They don't need dickheads (laughs) on them. All right. It's not like you're going up and punching them in the nuts. Week after week after week, though, you're just going to ignore the guy? Maybe. I think it takes the so, bigger man to be like, "Hey, how's it going?" But you walk up there. Does that mean you got to say hey to everybody like you, you see? Like you, I'm making you talk to me. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Oh, you're trying to make it awkward. No. Oh, you're trying to work through your. I know by what you said that you don't want to talk to me. Yeah. So I'm gonna go up to you and talk to you. Oh. And be like, "Hey, how's it going, man?" I just don't foresee Brad and Kyle doing that. I'm gonna force you to have a conversation. Yeah. What happens, like, I guess if you like walk up on a conversation, maybe they have a mutual friend. Maybe they have to. Oh, there's always that third guy there, like a Clint Boyer or a Menard that's totally awkward. <laughs> He's very uncomfortable because he knows there's yeah. a riff. Yeah. Yep. But, hey, they'll work through it. Yeah. that's that. that it's just so much content to talk about this week. Um, 
I don't think this is over though. I don't either. The uh, the great thing about it is, is it doesn't involve the Chevy guys, so we can fly under the radar. Um, hopefully, find the speed we need as a manufacturer yeah. to be able to go up there and compete with these guys. Obviously, you know Larson wins the race in a Chevy, but aside from Larson, you know we really didn't yeah. have didn't have too many cars running up front. Uh, we just unveiled this new Camaro. Everybody's excited about that. That car, looking at it f- visually, it does have some things that we like and think we can that'll help us in performance. But that's not till next year. So we got to work with what we have until that, you know, throughout the rest of the season. And I think that we all, all the Chevy teams, need to grind a little bit. I'm sure we are, you know, right. trying to figure out what we can. Um, we can't look at the results and say, well, you know. We won that race. Yeah, because the Toyotas definitely had more speed. The Fords had more speed. But the Fords, man, we got to figure out about we got to figure out how you know how to get our cars to almost have tire rubs because whatever's going on there is some speed. Yeah, yeah. Smart people, man. Yep. Uh, but speaking about Larson, did you watch the replay and see his move to win the race? Yes. From fourth, I did. That was pretty impressive. It was. So he pushes. Truex, Truex rode home with us. Said he spun. Uh, he said he spun his tires real bad. Yep. Didn't get a good restart. Um, Larson jumps into the inside, which then becomes the middle. As the twenty cars got a great run from wherever he restarted. Third, and the seventy-seven. They were almost like four wide. Seventy-seven got put in the middle. Yeah, it was. There and, was pandemonium yeah. right there. And uh, the twenty was down low. The twenty actually tapped the forty-two going into turn one, but I doubt the forty-two knew it. Yeah, he don't care. Um, but the, but again. Uh, Larson, he's a great race car driver. I think that he he was saying before uh, the race throughout the weekend that he had, you know, he'd won there the last couple of times because of the restarts. He'd done some, you know, done really good work on his restarts. So he knows how important that is. Again, uh, this weekend, he uh, he gets the job done. He has a. a uh, you know, I can't wait to see what this guy can accomplish over the next 10, 15, 20 years. It's crazy to me that he went from – so he ran that sprint car all week in Knoxville. Knoxville yeah. He comes to Michigan. He practices and qualifies his car, cup car. Then he goes back to Knoxville, yeah. finished second in what's their biggest race of the year, then flies back to Michigan and wins yeah. that race. Um, yeah, I mean, the guy just loves to race. He's good. Did you? The crowd was crazy for him after the race. Really? It was loud. Yeah. It was very impressive. That's good. Which, I, yeah, I was like, wow, that's a good sign. That is a good sign. I mean, the guys that are, you know, he's going to gain so many fans over the next couple months, uh, particularly if he keeps winning, particularly if he's in the battle for the championship in Homestead. Uh, this is a great opportunity for any of these guys, really, over the next couple of months to sort of solidify themselves as a contender going forward. Uh, Larson's definitely doing that. And uh, another guy that was popular over the weekend that also won, Bubba Wallace. Yeah. That was a very popular victory. That was a popular victory. And then that sparked. It's a great weekend for NASCAR as far as that goes. Yeah. Got Bubba Wallace winning the truck race. Yep. And then uh, Larson. The only thing about Larson is, is if they're, you know, there's also on the backside of this win, Target's leaving. They're in the middle of conversations per Chip Ganassi yeah. with, with companies about being sponsors for that car next year. But that's going to be something that people are going to have to keep their uh, keep their attention to Winning going can't forward. Hurt. I think that's why Chip was so excited at the end of that race is because this is exactly what that team needs to be able to be in those conversations with potential partners. They need to win races. Uh, they need to be the most eligible. Yeah. Chip popped him in the face. Yeah, he did. He was really excited. What if Mr. H popped you in the face like that? Hmm. Your adrenaline's probably rushing to yeah. where you don't notice. I would be surprised if it came from Rick, but Chip, <laughs> I know Chip. He's a fi- feisty he's guy. Kind of feisty, yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting going forward, seeing what they can put together for next year because that team has so much momentum. You don't want to see them lose that momentum, struggling to find partnership. And potential moving forward for 10 years. For the company. Yeah. For Ganassi themselves. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be critical for those guys. If they can keep winning, that's going to help that. And then, so that was Sunday, and we, we came home. Last night was the coveted championship game. For the DNBL. The DNBL is Dirty Mo Basketball League. Yep. So this has five teams. There's seven players on each team. 
Yep. Who who are the people that encompass the league? It's How a lot you of describe that. Um, there's some uh, just our friends. There's guys from the '88 team. There's guys from Junior Motorsports. Lots of people. Yeah, I mean it's it's just a group of and a lot of those had, three. Really, this is our seventh season. Yes, and we've had a lot of these guys have played with us in this league. We've we've basically done one league a year, so this has been going for seven years. Yep, and or one season a year. Typically, the season starts in the middle of the summer. No, or May, spring. Yeah, spring, April, May. So it started the summer. And it runs till you know whenever we finish. We play about eight regular season games or so, and then we have uh, playoffs. Everybody goes to the playoffs. There's a play-in game between the fourth and fifth seed, yep. and then the second, third, or the first, second, third, and fourth seed play to go into the championship. Right. Yep. So we had the championship game last night. We put a lot of that on my Instagram story, and that was the. Uh, so we came up with our own team names, which right. they're they're cool. There's the Statesville Steamers. Statesville Steamers and so, the Cornelius Cougars. Yeah, so like we said, it's guys from around here. Um, on that team, he didn't show up. Um, Ryan Blaney. He was testing in Chicago. Yeah, so he had to fly up there. And then Travis Peterson, who's one of the engineers on the 88 car. He was in Chicago. And the uh, Tony Mayhoff, who was on the show at one point. Mm-hmm. He's uh, He works on our brand team. And then Regan Smith. He was the captain. Is the captain. Yep. Which the captains, this year we picked five of our uh, – Five bottom feeder players. Thanks. I'm a captain. That was your idea. I know, but why? Would you, what is what's up with this bottom feeder stuff? What would you call them? I'll just say we'll get you know. Okay, so the lesser talented. No, yeah, well, that's a, that's true. I don't think you have to go there, but <laughs> I think that the guys that are very good are going to have fun because they're going to no, score points, right? So. Letting some of the so if there's seven players on the team, letting some of the sixth or seventh round you know picks be captains allows them to have some sort of involvement. Yeah, fun, you know they don't get to, everybody gets to play about the same amount of minutes, but I only average about six to eight points a game. And you became our, a three point shooter in the last couple of games. I know. Though. Well, I did so much basketball. I shot so much basketball during my rehab from the concussion last year. Uh, so like playing basketball, dribbling, all that stuff. Uh, was really good from a rehab, and so it improved my shot tremendously. Yeah, and uh, if you line up in the left corner, it's money. <laughs> yeah, I like that spot. Everybody has their spot on the court. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, Regan was a captain. Uh, the captain for the Cougars was uh, Jordan Erickson. Jordan Erickson. He does all the designs for our Xfinity cars. Yeah. He's a graphics guy here. Works at the IT department. He uh, designs a lot of the race cars that you see our junior motorsports company run on the racetrack. Other players on that team are Greg Ives, Travis Mack, my car chief, Adam Jordan, the interior guy for the 88 team on the cup side, Danny Earhart Jr., yeah. who works here at junior motorsports. Um, they ended up winning the game, and uh, 49-43, they were beh- the Seamers were behind 14 at one point. But all this is on that Instagram story, which yeah. we had a lot of fun doing that. I think the, the biggest part of this game – was that we were the refs? Yeah, me and you got to ref the game. We usually have a ref. Yeah, and he's a he's a local guy, Sean. Yeah, that refs some of. He some works of the, at one of the local high schools. Yeah, so. and he so he knows a little bit about it. He does a pretty good job. He knows more than we do. He does. I was too busy doing my Instagram stories to ref, even though I had a whistle. Yeah, you did a good job. I then thought. every time I would call something, they Everybody would get complained. mad. But if you don't call it, then they get, they get mad. mad. It was it's a no win situation. I know. But we did have our, our buddy Blaine Sellers. He apparently caught a, a hand or a finger, maybe an elbow to the eye. He He's got a black eye. eye, courtesy of Greg Ives. Greg Ives elbowed him? Wow. Uh, it was Greg's, not intentional. <laughs> Greg's played out last night. He had a lot of points. Yeah, and then speaking of Greg, this is a little shady. So Travis Peterson, who's the engineer on your car, he go. Greg sent him to the test in Chicago. So Travis is probably 6'4". He's a big guy. So he's one of their better players. Greg sends him to the test in Chicago. And so he can't play the game. But then Greg plays the game. Mm-hmm. And magically Greg's team won. Yeah. But hey, you got to do what you got to do to win. That's true. So the DNBL's season is over. We're going to start a new one, I think, in January. Yeah. And we're getting new jerseys, according to you. I, we talked about that. We got to see if it's in the budget. Oh. Yeah. I really, don't even think we, we have, don't have a, a, I don't then, think we have a league budget. Then there's no New Jersey's. Oh. 
This is news to the players. Yeah. The players are going to be very upset. Well, they got T-shirts this year. Jesus. They did. They're yeah. very nice T-shirts. <clears throat> yeah. So we got the reason why I want to get new jerseys is because the numbers are starting to come off at uh, yeah. of some of the teams' jerseys. Yeah. Mid game, there'll be guys running around with half yeah. with the jersey flapping. Yeah. That's cool. They've had we've had them for seven years. How many? I mean, they've been washed. Say they're a few fifteen <laughs> game. Yeah, we do all the we wash all the jerseys and clean all the jerseys every week. So it's like fifteen games for seven years. That's yeah. how many times they've been dry clean. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. But Thursday, we're going to Bristol. Yeah, Thursday, final cup race at Bristol. We're going to run the Xfinity race, too. Yep, that's why we're going Thursday to yeah. Xfinity practices. Ooh, it's going to be a busy weekend. We Friday's two... going to be busy. Yeah, Thursday's not going to be too bad. we got two practices Thursday in the Xfinity deal. We're going to do our media session that day. Yep. And then that evening's pretty wide open, right? Yep. What's going on Friday? Two cup practices, uh, the Hendrick team meeting. Yeah. Then Xfinity qualifying. Yep. Then for some reason, the Xfinity drivers meeting is outside, outside. the racetrack. So yeah. we got to qualify, go outside the track, then come right back in to qualify. Then you have to change fire suits, then Xfinity race, 300 laps, yep. and we'll be done. Saturday's pretty busy too, but. Yeah. But it, it starts in. It doesn't start to like four. Yeah. So, so we'll get a bit of chill Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to the Bristol race. I love I love that track. I mean, I used to go there all the time when I was a kid. The night race at Bristol to me was probably the probably the best race to go to as a kid. Um, I don't know how people feel about it today compared to maybe the Daytona 500, but um, when I was a kid, that was the best race weekend. This is this was a really small racetrack, so we could run all over the place. We had free rain of wherever we wanted to go, climbing all over race cars. You know, we were watching the races down in the uh, grass. That, you know, in the corners it was grass back then. And we would be literally like 20 feet from the apron, you know, and you could really see the guys inside the cars driving and working and see how the cars were handling and see them bumping and carrying on. Um, I always loved going to that race more than any other. We used to go to that when I was a kid too. Yeah, just a great just a great facility, and I don't know why I always say this, but I don't know why they haven't built more like it. You know, they went on this run where they had mile and yeah. a half and building all these new mile and a halfs. Seems like it'd been a little cheaper to build this kind of a racetrack. Plus, there's still probably the more of, seats in well, Bristol, if not the same amount. Yeah. Um, yeah, it surprises me that there's not more short tracks built, but maybe there's going to be a run of short tracks here shortly. That'd be cool. Does it seem like this? So your first race, I mean, if anybody, in, you know, any series, what at Bristol was twenty years ago? Does it feel like that? Yeah, my first race at Bristol was what year? It was ninety-seven. Yeah, I was. I was, I was just testing you. Yeah, no, I watched a highlight of it. Um, that was the one where Raina LaJoy dumped Buckshot Jones, and yeah. Buckshot went after him. Yeah, I led the first twenty-some laps in the number seven car. Yeah, what happened? Uh, I was trying to lap Chris Diamond. Who? Uh, trying to lap Chris Diamond in this purple car. I think that's his name. And he kind of squeezed me in the apron, and I, and I hit the apron and him at the same time, and it spun me out. Yeah, you finished like 22nd or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I was way – I was in over my head. It's okay. That that was too much, too fast. What is it like to the first time you go on Bristol? Because I'm assuming that the short – or the late model short tracks don't race quite like Bristol. No, they don't. I mean, the first – every time – even today, every time you go to Bristol, it takes like it takes several laps for it to sort of slow down and make sense. Like when you go out there and you're running, it's happening so fast that you're not, you just can't process it what you're seeing visually, and it takes a while for it to sort of calm, you know, sort of. It takes a while for you to get into sync with the, with the track and the car, and so is running the Xfinity race uh, somewhat of an. It only takes this, a couple laps this week. It only takes a couple laps. A couple laps. I think running the Xfinity race any week is an advantage. It's just a ton of work. Like yeah. you said, it's going to be an incredibly busy Friday. And um, some guys are, yeah, some guys are okay with taking all that on. And some guys, yeah. The back and forth is it's a not, lot. Yeah. It's not fun. Climbing out of one car into the other, you don't get a lot of time to talk to your crew chief. I won't have a lot of time to talk to the Xfinity crew chief versus the cup crew chief. You know, there's not – usually when we race the cup car, we go to the hauler and we sit there and debrief and talk and talk and talk for 
hours right. about the car. Not going to be able to do that this weekend. Have to find other opportunities to be able to converse with Greg about the cup car and talk to the crew chief about the Xfinity car. Just a lot. I don't really enjoy that. But, you know, that particular part of but it. But for twice, two times a year, it's okay. Yeah, I like driving the car. Yeah. But it just takes a little bit away from, takes a little bit away from one, uh, you know, to be able to do the other. Yeah. What about this? So I saw that you tweeted this picture of you flipping off uh, what Robbie Gordon. I did not tweet that. Someone else tweeted you that. You responded. You quote retweeted it. Sorry. Yeah. What What happened there? Why were you pissed at this guy? I said in the tweet. I know, but what what caused that? Like, did y'all crash each other? No, we bumped into each other on the oh. track. Just 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 casually. Typical, typical Bristol. I mean, you just you bump into people nowadays, and I don't. You've never flipped anybody off in my time. Well, no. This so. I didn't know he was going to bring this up. My gosh. If you read the show sheet, you would have. <laughs> well, I thought I spelled it out on Twitter. Um, There's only so many characters. Yeah. So, uh, me and Robbie Gordon were banging around each other quite a bit on the racetrack, right? He's a lap down. I'm I'm running eighth or ninth or something like that. There's a 10 laps to go, and he's in the way in my mind. And I'm like, get out of the way. I'm trying to pass. I want to pass some more people. And I bumped him out of the way after the race. He's, you know, we're kind of running each other, coming into pit road, kind of running into each other and stuff. Post race, yeah. Oh, and I think that he knocked a radiator at his car running in the back of mine. And uh, so his crew comes down. His crew's like coming toward our car and all that and that bird was for one of the crew guys not Rob, robbie never you. came oh robbie didn't even no robbie wasn't around um but they're his you know the crew guys get in it you know they they're gonna get into that they're um typically normally really big and is that the only time you've ever had like a situation where the crew came i don't know i mean damn i've been racing a long time bud that would stick out I mean, it's not like it happens every it, week, so it seems like... I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I mean, uh, I've had run dust up some run-ins with guys no. so many times. It happens a lot more at the late mile, or at the late mile ranks. Oh. Yeah. So that was just... That was one of the many birds, the that, many actually birds. Got, that actually got caught on camera. Oh. So you were just... Back in the day, you were just flipping people off? Back, it was common oh. to flip people off. Nowadays, you know, it's funny... You used to flip people off all the time. Everybody did. Like if you got if you got held up just a little bit by a lap car, there was going to be a f- bird, right? Now, it's kind of changed to where guys don't like that. Everybody understands nobody likes that. It's a uh, it's not become more common. It's become less common for people to flip people off on the racetrack. So you guys are m- much more courteous nowadays. Yes, yeah. that's good. I think it's more offensive today than it used to be. Yeah. Wonder so if somebody is. flipped you off, what would be your? Would you like hit them? I don't. You can't always hit them. Like if you had the opportunity to. No. Oh. I'd probably just go talk to them and say, "Don't flip me off." At intros, whenever you're meeting with all yeah. your friends. Okay. I the, when I the last time I got flipped off, I went to the driver. I Who was up, it? I went up in his hauler and asked him not to do that. It was Cobbush. Oh, that was a long time ago, though. Yeah. So that's what you do. You just do not flip me off. All right, guys, we're going to get to our Ask Junior questions. As always, we take the questions on Twitter using the hashtag Ask Junior. Mike Davis has joined us to moderate, as always. What's up, gentlemen? What's up? How are you doing? By the way, shout out to Tom Myers. As I started this Facebook Live, there's a fellow named Tom Myers out there who is currently getting a root canal in the dentist, dentist <laughs> chair right now watching this wow. Facebook Live. So, Tom, this one's for you, buddy. If you are getting a root canal and watching this, yeah. You deserve a shout-out. I'm out. sure you know, listening hey, to this may seem like you're getting root a root aren't what they used to be. <sighs> what do you mean by that? I mean, they're not as bad. <laughs> I just had How one. How many have you had? I've had two. So I just had I had one. Is that the one where you bet the dentist or yeah. something? <laughs> yeah, I had, you bet the dentist. I had one a long time ago, like 2005, and then I had one just recently. I had chipped a tooth, and I took I, my dentist was on vacation. And he's like, come on in. We'll fix it. I know the tooth. It's going to be fine. I was like, 
<laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> I mean, he just, he's my dentist, man. Dentists are good like that. And I was like, uh, this is going to be root canal. He's like, no, no, no. And I was like, I bet you 20 bucks. And I was right. He actually recommended me to his dentist. But I know I didn't end up going there. What the hell? You did? What the hell that I didn't Where go? Where did you go? I still go to the same one in Concord, but yeah. So I remember you gave me like the recommendation card. Yeah. And it said you would get like a $50 gift card to somewhere if I went there. I'll let you have the 50 Why? Let you That's have not gi- why I didn't go. Hold up. Y'all are missing the point. There's a bigger point here. You know how annoying it is that he can just call his dentist up oh, and yeah. go to the dentist? Right. Like, like doesn't whoa, even whoa, whoa. need to make an appointment? That isn't annoying. If yes, you, it is. No, wait. If that you, is because no, it's hard to get an appointment. Yes, you, it is. No, this is my. That's how my dentist is. He's everybody calls him. This is an emergency situation. If you went to my dentist, this is that's why I referred the damn guy to you. Because <laughs> listen, if you need, if you need something, you can call him any time of day. That's how he is. Y'all's dentist ain't like that. He ain't like that with just me. Are you sure? Yes. How do you know? Yeah. How do you know? I've asked him. And well, he's, he's going to tell, tell you. <laughs> no, I've asked him, like, is like, is this common that people call you at all hours of the day? He's like, yeah. He's like, man, my, you know, Twitter when, poll. Who yeah. believes that? Yeah. Twitter poll. I'll get his ass in here. Get his ass in here. <laughs> Let's dentist. call him now. Hey, call him now. See if he answers. I went to. Uh, he will. You he, let me call. Let him. me ask you this. Yeah. If you're I. If you were going to get married, would you invite your dentist to your wedding? No. I did. Why? Did he come? My The two most important people in my in my life are my dentist and my therapist. <laughs> you got some teeth problems then, don't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> but damn, man. Did he come to the wedding? What is the... Yeah, did he come to the wedding? Yes. Oh. Was man, he in your wedding? we're freaking pals. Is TJ your dentist? <laughs> Who is When you dentist? leave... That's what TJ does during the week. <laughs> when you leave the dentist office, aren't you like... Don't you, like, shake their hand and go, thank you so much. No. I appreciate that. I've been to the same dentist no. since I was, like, 10 y'all years need to, old. That's why y'all need to go to my dentist. He's awesome. <laughs> this is obvious to me that you guys have shitty dentists. <laughs> I can't believe what? I, I love him. That dentist is awesome. You guys got to try him out. All right. Well, maybe I'll try him out. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to call the guy, and if he if he doesn't give me an appointment right then, yeah. then – then not only is he fake, but you're fake Wait, with him. Wait, you're going to call him, cold call him, and say, cold I need call. Oh, now. what you said he can, yeah. I can do. No, no, no. no, if you're a patient, like if I if I say, hey, man, uh, if you go over there and you're like, uh, I want to start coming here, and you get your teeth cleaned a couple times. Oh, then, so that's going to take at least two years. Two years. No, not. Because you go every six months. I go every four months. You oh. go get your teeth cleaned every four months? I want them clean. <laughs> Golly, why do you have root canals in? That's something, there's something to be said about their cleaning. No, that's my fault. <laughs> their methods. I am taking full responsibility for that. Uh, and that's your Ask Junior segment. It was real good, wasn't it? <laughs> no. Let's Maybe get it's important <laughs> to consider going soon, going more often as you get older. Okay. I think about that. I can't believe you guys. <laughs> I know I, I don't have like this personal relationship with yeah, my dentist. I do. No. That's that's good, I guess. I yeah. guess. So let me ask you this: You've never had, you don't have like, um, say, ten percent of your nightmares aren't about your teeth. I've never had a nightmare about my teeth. <laughs> really? No. And I know what you're about. No, you know, I'm not going down this road because this is setting me up for a teeth joke. No, it's not. He calls me Smarty Jones because I got two big teeth. You told the joke, not no, me. No, no, I'm getting in front of it. <laughs> not, I'm, I'm going ahead and ruining the punchline. Oh. Every so it, it's a teeth every, joke. I know where we're going with this. Every 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 um every year after the Kentucky Derby, I ask <laughs> him if he, he ask him if you had anybody in the race he was related to. <laughs> Jamie, oh, anybody man. in the race? Family in the race this week? Uh, I um, <laughs> I've got you know what? See, every time he does, see, I've got. In my arsenal, there's this picture of Doogie Hauser and Dale Jr., and they look exactly alike. Your and opinion. If, no, no, no. I'm telling you, I've got it. <laughs> and I just, I just kind of keep it in my pocket anytime I need it. But this Doogie Hauser, what's his name? Neil Patrick Neil Harris. Patrick Harris. Oh. And Dale Jr. And it was back in the day. He doesn't look like Doogie now. But man, there's a picture, and I'm like, oh my gosh. This is, it, it is. It is unreal how similar they look. Is that why yeah. you keep the beard? To avoid this resemblance? Doogie look? Which I'm a little nervous today going over and doing this Unilever thing. They're going to try to 
they're, knock it off. They're not. It's it's pretty nasty right now. Pretty well, gnarly. Well, it'll be okay. What what will happen if they ask you to to trim your beard? Will you do it, or will you get ty- Will you get get Tyler to say no? What what will happen? Hey, Tony's gonna be there. I'm gonna. Oh, you're not gonna be there. I just. Oh, that'd almost be funny. I just start wiggling. When they come around with that thing, yeah, but then they're gonna like they'll chunk it. <laughs> no, <laughs> you start wiggling. That's that's the answer. I'm like, hey, okay, and then they stop. That'll get things off to a great start. <laughs> yeah, yep, and make your beard look good too. All right, y'all. Right? Let's see here. We've got some questions here. I'm gonna start off with the with the high heat. Eric in Western Michigan has a problem, Dale. He says, my wife says I can have new wheels and tires on my Silverado if I give her a baby. Should I do it? Man, I mean, I, that's a real heavy question. <laughs> that's, that's what I said, yeah. So this, tires, is a, this is a dilemma. Tires and wheels on the Silverado. Yeah, for a new baby. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I said yes. Give her a baby. Yeah, do it. Everybody that I've ever met that has had a child says it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. So sounds like a win-win. All right. No. Anything you want to say to that, I mean, I, I've Mike, heard the same thing. Yeah, Tyler does not have any children. You're the one with children in here. Yeah, you'd have to confirm that for I've us. I've got two, so yeah, I would I would actually expect more than just tires and wheels. I would need uh, a whole new Silverado. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, ma- yeah how what many children does this guy have? Well, I don't know. It sounds like, you know what, the fact that he had the nerve to ask the question <laughs> suggests that he has zero tw- yeah. children right now. Or, or, <laughs> or three or four. I don't know. <laughs> he's either got I, I none or a bunch. Yeah. Yeah. If if he's got three or four, he can't afford a Silverado. So, all right. Eric in Western Michigan, good luck to you. Next question is Kimmy269. Do you have any idea why NASCAR popped the hoods on the cars post-race? Uh, Yeah. There's – what the hell are they doing? Um, Tapered spacers? Yeah, they're taking spacers or something. They're doing something underneath the hood for the engines. Damn it. I should know this. <laughs> Yeah, there's something that they have to do on pit road for the tech that they won't allow the teams to go back. They do that every week, yeah. too. Yeah. And I kind of like it. All the guys pulling up and parking and drivers climbing out and everybody's there together. Yeah. yeah. All right. I don't even know what you're talking about. I like so. it a lot because when... After so, the race, they make them stop on pit road and... Everybody. You take the... You stop on pit road and you get out. Yeah. Like, that's it. I knew that. I just didn't know that they were popping the hoods. Yeah, yeah they, put, they pop week. the hoods and take off the... Something I don't know. Okay. What doing. But I like it because before I'd drive to the hauler and uh, get out, and there's n- there's only one or two team guys around. But right. now all the team guys are at the car, so I get to go around and say, "Hey, I see you guys later." So th- this is interesting because when I was with you in Loudon a couple weeks ago, yeah, I noticed the difference that they're now stopping everybody yeah. on pit road, but. I didn't think of why they did that because that's instantly when Trevor Bain and uh, Almondinger started getting in their little dust up. And yeah. so we just kind of sat and watched that. Yeah. I didn't even pay attention to what they were doing to the hood. Plus, that presents the opportunity for all the drivers to get out. If they're mad at each other, they can handle it right there but where that, the cameras are. That's, that's what, what he was just about. talking about. I know. Yeah. So that, I know, but they're now setting this up like a wrestling ring almost. No. Where fisticuffs this is a This is a WWE fan over here talking. He just you can't. tweeted yesterday that you Speaking were like a wrestling. Can't, he can't. What? I was talking about Ric Flair. I know. That's actually a question on here. Yeah, oh. I was going to say, I, I saw this. Yeah, Uncle Jake 10 says, saw your tweet about Ric Flair wondering who your favorite wrestlers back in the day were. Dusty Rhodes was one, Magnum TA. Um, I wasn't a fan of the Four Horsemen. They were kind of the bad guys. Right. But I did like um, Ole Anderson, which was, he was one of the Four Horsemen, but he was kind of the nice one. The nice bad guy? Yeah. Oh. He wasn't really uh, as as gnarly as like Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, his brother, and and obviously, I mean, Flair was awesome because his interviews. I mean, you just yeah, they are you were surprised? almost better than the matches sometimes. Are you surprised how much Ric Flair is still out there, like active? Like, yeah. Yes, I mean, he's. We went to that NBA uh, Finals game, and Ric Flair's doing his woo thing right there in the NBA Finals in it's Cleveland. Like, yeah, it's kind of like that. He's sort of increased his yeah, i'd say so yeah and now yeah. his daughter is in it every week yeah and and what she's in wwe she's she is yeah, yeah. wow so Who yeah knew? and he's in the hospital he's in a medically yeah. induced coma yeah he is yes 
<clears throat> he had a heart attack or something. He had some. Something I don't really Saturday, yeah. Yeah, something happened just most recently. So we're going to be thinking about him and his family. Absolutely. He's kind of a you know a friend of the sport, if you will. Been around. I mean, obviously being a North Carolina guy. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a big deal around Charlotte. Yeah, he sure is. So thinking about him and his family. Yep. Rick Bishop, eighty-eight, asks, "What do you think about former Junior Motorsports drivers Shane Huffman and Mark McFarland becoming crew chiefs these days?" Shane was. Bubba Wallace's crew chief Saturday in the truck race. Yeah, you'll be surprised at who's in this sport and their stories. So there's a lot of that. I am uh, I'm always kind of interested to uh, see where a lot of guys that we worked with that have come through this building end up. Um, and it surprised you. It surprised you some of these guys uh, like McFarlane, uh, like Huffman, that have uh, you know that have been drivers and had different jobs there's some guys uh um boswell like boswell, boswell. crew chiefs over at uh stuart haas for that double no he, he does Harvick's he does harvick's car, car so yeah. um and boswell used to race our pro cup car here that champion spark plugs car that we ran in the pro cup series and he ran a lot of late models for us too for many many years so uh yeah so could you go to be a crew chief do you think that you could do that? No. Oh. I don't I don't think so. I don't think I'd be a good crew chief. I don't have the uh I don't know. I I, I guess no, I could. You, you don't think you, so. You were right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> the temperament. I you've yeah, but you've underestimated me your whole life. And that's not true. Yes, you have. I, no, I haven't. <laughs> yes, you have. Just, I no, prove. no, I've got two problems with you. You being a crew chief and the deal with your dentist. I don't know what's up with that. That's I'm still bothering still, me. I <laughs> haven't emptied my tank on the dentist conversation. We're gonna bring <laughs> we we're got gonna, more to, to be go. continued. I hear you. We need that guy to come <laughs> in here. I'll get him in here. Brad Haynes is his name. Although I don't know, maybe we don't need to do that because then he's more likely to help you. Like help on me a whim. Oh, like then that would ruin agree, the test. Agree with me. That would that be, would ruin. That'd be <laughs> horrific. That would ruin the test of Mike calling him up. You would hate and for seeing me. if he could just come right. Anything in. to keep me from proving my point or being right. Right. I just lock the door. I just don't feel like it's going to be the same for everyone. Lock the door for somebody comes in here and agrees with, agrees with me. With Tyler. Exactly. You can't have that. Heaven no. forbid. Uh, <laughs> Q Loader ask on your. First big payday. What was your first superfluous purchase? Q loader. What are you mm -hmm. busting out superfluous on us for? I remember the, this like it was yesterday. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. All right. What was your bur your first superfluous <laughs> purchase? Okay. So I was living in a trailer with, uh, and I had a roommate, Josh Schneider. He uh, he works for the uh, he works for Newell that builds motor coaches. Yep. He just moved to Oklahoma. Uh, but Josh and me have been great friends for a really long time. We lived in this trailer, and we had a old TV that was given to us, and it kept busting, and we have to kept we kept having to send it off to get it fixed. So when I got some money, me and him, me and him actually went to the uh, Duke Power to pay our power bill. Instead of mailing it in, we drive over to the uh, the store in the strip mall and pay it. And we're standing there, about to pay our power bill, and turn around, and there's this nice entertainment system sitting in the corner. And I was like, Josh, look at that, man. And so we bought it and took it home, put it together. That was our that was my first real big purchase. I, listen, I agree. I, I, I'm with you on that one. I don't have anything to dispute about that. That's a good purchase. Yeah. I, I understand that. We were pumped. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> Snyder. I can, can't you see Snyder even now? <laughs> I mean, you know, getting the first big, t you know, get the TV, yep. the whole system. Uh, yeah, that would have made that would made Snyder's day. Mm -hmm. And when was that? Like ninety-seven, probably ninety-eight. Wow, that's good. Ninety-eight, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. Drew asked a very good question. I've wondered this myself. Do you ever talk to yourself or yell at other drivers without the mic cue? All the time. Really? Oh yeah. Let's talk about this. this so is a good question. Yeah, the, basically, um, back in back when we first started racing, they there weren't a, you know some people had scanners, but they'd have to bring it themselves. A lot of you know, so there wasn't there wasn't common knowledge from my point of view that everybody was listening. And you know, you you would have some of the you would have some of the worst conversations <laughs> with your crew chief. You would just be complete jerks to each other, right? 
But, I mean, it really bring out the worst in you. And so as as it became more common for the for the broadcast and the fans to hear what we were saying and it to be used not only in the brace broadcast but throughout the week you know they have radio sweetheart and all that stuff so if you said something really bad or stupid uh you know you'd hear it and people would be like golly and people form you know with without a lot of without a lot of um, context. I mean, people form their opinion about you as a person, as your character, from how you act on the radio. You know, yeah. and that can be the worst of you. But so I've gotten much, much better at still being a jerk, but just not letting everybody hear it. Wow. Yeah, and and it's and it works. I mean, I I and Amy's, you know, Amy's probably the first person to speak up when I'm not very nice yep. on the radio. She'll be like, "Oh, you're." You were being really extra mouthy today. <laughs> so I uh I've gotten a lot better at, you know, just if I, I'll be on you know, I'll I'll cuss at the drivers around me and uh So is it, do you like yell or do you just talk to the know. I can't hear because of the motor and I got earplugs in and all that, but I know but I would know how loud I'm talking. No, I I can say I mean he probably just says it. I mean Oh I don't think he's sometimes trying to, maybe I don't even say it and I maybe just run just it through my it. head. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're just thinking it. That's interesting, though, isn't it? It'd be cool if we could get a feed just for like the, yeah. uh, the you know, the stuff that's not being said on the radio, but just. Uh, We're gonna need you to wear a lav mic next race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll work. <laughs> you know, the first time I remember this, you have a great point. Um, the first time I realized that this radio chatter stuff will really come back to bite you is not with those TV segments and that kind of thing, but years ago NASCAR did a big advertisement, like a big. A banner, and I remember seeing it at Media Day. We st- we show up at the year, and they they were trying to advertise their whatever they called it, the Track Pass uh, service that they have, and they used Dale Jr. and they had it in big quotes, and it was one of those snarky, funny but heat of the moment snarky quotes with his driver, and they're like, you know, only on NASCAR.com can you hear <laughs> what the drivers are saying or something like that. And I'm like, wow. That was I remember that was a big moment and he was mad and now it's in an advertisement yeah. from NASCAR. Darren Kessling asked, How badass was that two thousand eighteen Camaro? Are you sure you don't want to race one more year? Uh it's a great looking race car. It is. I'm really excited about uh seeing what it can achieve on the racetrack and I think it'll be a lot better than what we have now. Just looking at it visually, there's a lot of things that you see that you like, you know, knowing what we know about aerodynamics, side force, down force. Uh, when you look at the car, you see improvements right away that the car we have currently doesn't have. Um, so that's going to be good, you know. I mean, we look, let's be, I'll, I'll be totally honest. I, I look at the, uh, when I went to Phoenix this year for one of our first tests uh, before the season started and saw the Toyota, the new Toyota, I was really impressed mm-hmm. um they made some great changes to that car uh it took a while for them to for that to really kind of show up on the racetrack but you see where they are now um i mean i don't know if it took a while for truex he was he was fast out of the gate but you know now all the true all the toyotas are very strong um i see a lot of the same things in this chevrolet that i like about it aerodynamically so very good very good car i think it uh you know has a lot of brand identity being a Camaro. The front of the car is recognizable. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I see this. I want. I think it's each, it's like there's part of the conversation that we're not having is, is that this is a major, uh, philosophy shift for Chevy. Okay. How so? Well, they've never ran the Camaro. They never oh, ran a muscle car. Oh, as far car. as the Cam- yeah, no, no, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, the Camaro ran in Cup in like '68, '69, but only because of car counts and so forth. I mean, yeah. you c- the rules changed when it became uh, the Winston Cup Series in '71, and they got really strict on the, t- the actual car you could bring. Like, there were only a few Chevys that were allowed, and a few, you know, a few different models of each manufacturer. This this Camaro is that's a big deal. I mean, I, I think it's not quite as a big a story because the Camaro's been in the Xfinity Series for a couple, a couple years. years yeah. But bringing the Camaro to the Cup Series is a big change in philosophy for the manufacturer. They've always raced the four door family car. You know, this is different. This is different. 
so what does that mean for you know what does that mean for the other guys Ford Toyota are they going to be looking to uh, you know bring in their Mustangs and so forth trying to compete is it going to be you know becoming a little bit of a competition on that front I like the Camaro though I do too what did you like I liked it did you yeah it looked very cool Cool. Let's see here. We've got uh, Agent Smith said, do you think that they should ever bring back IROC racing? Should they bring it back? Maybe, I, maybe just in the con- uh, concept of IROC racing where you got, you know, the best of every yeah. series. Um, yeah, I, lo- I love the concept. The concept was great. The only thing was is that I was only in the series for a couple of years. And so I don't know that I can I can speak uh I don't know whether this is true or not but I I I thought it was it was a real real challenge for them to prepare that many equal cars like perfectly equal. It was usually what like 15, 10, yeah. 12, 12, 15. For them to get out it for you know for Dave Marcus and J- Jim Sauter were the two guys that were in charge of testing each car, making mm-hmm. sure they were really comparable. And it, it was hard not to have one that might be a little bit better than the other. Uh, it's impossible to, yeah. to really make all those cars equal. Um, but they tried their best and get them as close as they can. I think that there is a there is probably a format or a type of vehicle that you could – they do that race of champions every year, but that's kind of they, – they race in these little – you know what I'm talking about? No. They, yeah, they, they do. do it in the stadiums and the foot and the baseball fields. It's like a rally stuff. car. It's like though. a rally. Yeah, okay. it's like road course racing stuff. I liked. Uh, I liked the idea. I love that you could get, you know, you could race against IndyCar guys yeah. and other different people. You got to meet and talk with these guys. It was really cool to be a part of it. But, um, man, I'd love to be able to do it all over again. Running yeah, those you two had years. some really cool names. Like you had Al Unser. Yeah. Um, you know, uh just I mean, I don't know. It, it I always loved it. I just yeah. as a fan, just watching it. It, it would be cool, cool, yeah. It would be cool to bring back in some form. Yeah. Uh last question we'll ask from let's see who is this? Um I don't know how to pronounce their name, but they said, Are you still collecting vintage race shirts on eBay? If so, what's the latest one you've purchased? Oh man. I just bought a vintage Gatorade racing team issue jacket. <laughs> is it orange? It's green and it has the orange stripe bolt down. Yeah. And then it has Gatorade racing. It's probably no earlier. It's no, it's no, it's probably no older than 78, no newer than 82. How much you pay for it? 127 bucks, 49 cents. You going to wear this thing? Nope. Oh. I put it in a uh, collection bin, storage bin. Yeah, right I got you. I have a bunch of old stuff like that. Well, there you go. If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insiders' info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must-follow for any Dale Jr. fan. So looking ahead, uh, Tuesday we got a Unilever production. That's today. Yeah. So what are we doing Wednesday? Nothing. Uh, oh, tonight. You didn't put this on there. Tonight we have a uh, fantasy football yep. uh, dinner. And also, tonight is the third night of the Cars That Made America. That's right. 8 o'clock on History Channel. Yeah. You this are, is the final. Yep. The third in a three-part yeah, series the, mm-hmm. during Cars Week on History. So yep. that'll be cool. 8 o'clock. Yeah. Reading so, social media, the feedback's been really good. So Yeah, I loved it. I thought yeah. the show was done really yeah. well. I want to be an actor in it next time. There you go. You just volunteered. Yeah. Mike Mike just gave you a, a look as though I don't know that you I don't want to be an actor. <laughs> I thought it looked cool. I want to be Louis Chevrolet. Louis Chevrolet? You want okay. I don't think that you fit the portrayal that Man, they could they could fix this. <laughs> they could they could do this up and fix this. Make okay. me look like I'm from the twenties. Okay. Well. Maybe we'll work that yeah. into the next Give deal. me a little curly mustache and all that. You do that? Yes. Okay. Man. I'm, everybody wants to try to uh, be a movie star, right? Be yeah. cool to see what you know, kind of pretend. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, we have our fantasy football dinner tonight. 
we have a basement league. This is basically the friends league. Yeah. You're in it. Yeah. And uh, so we'll meet tonight, have chicken wings and beer. We're not drafting. Nope. We're just going to talk about any kind of rule changes and whatever, make sure everybody's ready. Just a really good excuse for us to get together, get together with chicken wings and beer. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the car, the uh, Cars That Made America show, the final, is on tonight at 8 uh, p.m. Eastern on the History Channel, so watch that. Wednesday, there's nothing going on. Yeah. Everybody can chill. Uh, Thursday, two Xfinity practices. We're going to do a media session in between those. Yep. So there'll be some media media availability availability basically i go to the media center we have we promise all i think we have to explain this to people because some people don't seem to understand it but we get <laughs> we go to the media center every week right yeah and we sit there and we let the media ask us questions yeah and they can ask us any question they want about anything even driver salaries and so we answer those questions uh, Friday, we have two cup practices. Xfinity qualifying at 3.40 p.m. Cup qualifying at 5.45. And then we have the Xfinity race at 7.30 on NBC Sports Network. We're driving the number 88 goodies mixed fruit blast paint scheme. Yep. It's blue and purple. Yep. And then Saturday, we have a Q&A at the uh, Mountain Dew True Timber display outside the front stretch at the, uh, outside the front stretch grandstands at 4 p.m. Uh, the race is at 7.30 p.m. on NBC. We'll be driving... Oh, here it is. We're driving the number 88 Exalted Ducks Unlimited paint scheme. Oh, look, hey. at, look at the notes. So Mountain Dew has a display. Yeah, they're teamed up with... They're doing the outdoors, so they're doing packaging. Yeah. That's going to have they camo. Have, don't and, they have cans? Yeah. With camo on them? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Cans, bottles. They're going to have some apparel that you can get at That the, makes that Mountain Dew taste better. I think it does. Yeah. I mean, it's a cool-looking can. And it came, it came out Drinking yesterday. Mountain Dew out of a camo can yeah. is better than just regular can. I eh, think so. It's okay. I like a Mountain Dew regardless. Yeah. But that's in stores as of yesterday, so yeah. you can find that. This has been a good show, though, right? Yeah, pretty good show. Good job. I um, hope there was some something in there worth listening to. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Actually, right. we won't be back. You'll be on vacation, so you're going to take this show on the road again. Am I? Yeah. All right. See ya. Sounds good. I've seen my words carved in the arms of a stranger. Is it like me now? They watch a love die, but picked it up later when I found my road.
Dale Jr. Download and all Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are made possible by Exalta. You can subscribe to all eight programs on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all major podcasting outlets. As always, you can listen to Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts on DaleJr.com. Follow us on Twitter at Dale Jr., at Overstreet Tyler, and at Dirty Mo' Radio. Also, check out the Dirty Mo' Radio Facebook page. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 